Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So I've, um, I've got a bit of a, a, a simple message for us today. Um, and it, it came from the scripture that I read um, over the blessing of our children um, and it just got my mind thinking uh, where, you know, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And then it says this, when he placed his hands on them, he went with, when he had placed his hands on them. And it just really caught my attention about the hands of Jesus and reminded me of another uh, scripture of where Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had raised from the dead. And I'm going to just draw our attention to that for a moment. Luke 24, verses 36 to 49. So while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. Well, I think that's pretty uh, realistic. I think I'd be frightened and startled myself because the last time they'd seen him, he was uh, either hanging on a cross or being taken down from a cross. And, uh, And Jesus said to them, why are you troubled and why do Doubts rise in your minds. Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? He opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures. My prayer is today that God would open our minds so that we can understand what it is that He's saying to us. So you see, in this Scripture, Jesus twice used His hands to, to draw attention to the fact that it was actually Him and He was alive. He wanted them to notice his hands, but he also wanted him to notice that they were scarred hands. He used his scars and his hands to identify himself before the disciples. And this is what got my mind going. And today I want to talk to you about his hands and scars, about his hands and scars. You see, our hands are important. We uh, we, we use, use our hands to greet people, just have the connection time. 
and uh, we shake hands. We don't think about that. That's just a normal form of greeting. It actually came from ancient times where uh, people wore a scabbard, a, a dagger on their left thigh. And so when people shook hands, uh, it meant that I came in peace because I can't shake hands and also reach for my scabbard to stab you. So uh, we, when we're shaking hands, we are greeting, but we're also saying that we come in peace. And um, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if they've ever thought about this. Uh, I was thinking, isn't it interesting that you can't, it's a good thing to shake hands, but it's rude if you've got the, your hand in the other pocket. Have you ever thought about that? I don't know. I think I'm going to move on because you're all looking at me like what you're saying. But it's like, it's funny that you, you can shake hands, but it changes everything if you've got the other hand in the other pocket. Think about it. You'll get it later. It's all right. Um, the, uh, so they shake hands. I noticed uh, during the connection time, a few fist bumps going on. If you want to get down with the kids, that's what you do. Um, and we, we hold hands. We hold hands as a sign of affection. Did you know that physically, uh, an emo- there's a physical and emotional response to holding hands, that when I hold hands, um, it uh, raises resistance to pain and reduces stress. Raises resistance to pain and reduces stress. That's a powerful thing. That's why, you know, I was thinking about you know, uh, husbands comforting their wives as they're going through labor. They hold their hand because it reduces pain and reduces stress, apparently. Not with my wife. <laughs> Not with me. She didn't want me anywhere near her. Get off. You did this to me. Go away. I don't want to talk to you. It was like one of those kind of vibes. But, but uh, <laughs> and when we give someone a hand, we... We give, them, we give them help. Our hands have their own language. We, we can use our hands to speak without saying anything. We've said something. So, you know, some of you, are, you, you kind of talk with your hands. If, you, if your hands were tied behind your back, you'd be struck dumb. But, you know, our hands speak. You know, we can sh- they, they, they show anger and they show passion. You know, when you, when you want to speak and show passion, they can accuse you and they can say no. Um, they can say everything is okay. Um, and we, 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 we clap our hands to show our approval or appreciation of something. And we can also um, use our hands to uh, show what we think of somebody's driving. But I mean, I'm not talking about people in this room. I'm just saying that I know that there are people out there who use their hands to show other drivers what they think of them, you know, like giving them a wave and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I was thinking about, you know, Jesus' hands. I don't know if we even thought about Jesus' hands. Jesus' hands were creative hands. Jesus was a carpenter. Imagine that. Imagine I don't know, like you might think I'm crazy, but I was thinking that, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. He was making stuff out of wood, out of trees that he'd spoken into being. 
Um, there's, I don't know, I think that's a thought. But imagine, imagine what the table would look like or the chair would look like or the bench would look like made by the Son of God. I don't know, that, might, that must be pretty, pretty awesome. But because he had carpenter's hands, they were tough hands, they were calloused hands. But then as we read, they were gentle enough and sensitive enough to lay those, to, for those hands to be laid upon a tiny baby, a child, and bless them. Jesus drew attention to his hands. You see, in the Bible, laying hands on somebody was a point of contact. Those of you who are visiting, maybe not used to coming to church, you will see that as we prayed for the families and as we prayed for the children and the babies, we laid our hands upon them because this is symbolic of of a, it's a point of contact, but symbolic of a transference of blessing that takes place. It's a symbolic of the power of God. It's, a, it's like a spiritual, uh, sorry, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. And there were many times in the Bible where people laid hands on others and particularly Jesus. There is the account of a woman who had been bent nearly double for 18 years and Jesus prayerfully laid his hand upon her and she was healed and straightened up. Many times Jesus laid hands on the sick, people afflicted with all kinds of diseases and they were healed. There's an interesting account of Jesus laying his hands on a leper, um, someone suffering from leprosy. Now, for, to, to fully comprehend the power of this moment, you've got to understand how a leper was viewed in Jewish society at that time. They were considered to be unclean. They had a condition that caused them to be separated from society. They could not live with their family and they could not live in normal society. And so when Jesus came to this uh, man uh, who had leprosy, or rather actually the man came to him, you know, Jesus touched him. Now, that was a powerful moment. You've, you've got to remember that this man pushed through a crowd for this moment. Firstly, they will have been utterly freaked out that a leper was anywhere near them. Secondly, they would have been further freaked out by the fact that Jesus touched the leper because lepers were considered untouchable. But what is powerful about this moment is, you see, Jesus didn't just heal the outside. This leper would have been starved of physical affection. We don't know how long he had suffered from this condition, how long he had suffered this affliction, but we know that he had been alienated from society for a long time. And so Jesus didn't just in that moment heal his physical body, he healed his heart. You know, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't just heal bodies, he heals hearts. 
If you've got a broken heart today, Jesus can heal it. He heals pain-filled, sad, damaged, broken, aching hearts. You see, Jesus drew attention to his hands because the disciples had watched those hands do many things. Those hands had divided the loaves and the fish and they'd been utterly amazed as what was barely enough for one fed 5,000 people. They'd watched those bread, that, 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 those hands share bread, the bread of friendship with Judas, the one who would betray him. They'd watched the hand of Jesus get soiled as he wrote in the dust. Jesus wrote in the dust as we only, we, we, we only see it once and it was in a moment when something very distressing and very powerful happened. Someone who had been caught in adultery, a woman, had been dragged to Jesus and she was dropped at his feet. And the law, the Jewish law said at that time that anyone who was caught in adultery should be stoned. My first question is, where was the man? She wasn't committing adultery on her own. I know that. Where was the man? But anyway, that's, I don't know. I don't know where he was. But they dragged the woman to him and there were men, there were men ready with rocks. Their hands were filled, their hands were filled with rocks. And I don't know, even if you don't normally go to church, you might be familiar with this phrase, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And that phrase comes from this moment because that's what Jesus said. He said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, the crowd dispersed. And, and Jesus said to the woman, where are those who condemn you? You see, you've got to remember this woman fully expected that she was just about to die. And what you've also got to remember is that there was someone present who was without sin. And that was Jesus. So there was someone there who could have cast a stone, but Jesus didn't. I need somebody to know today that Jesus isn't looking to cast stones at you. He's not looking to pick out all the things that are wrong, all the faults, everything you've done wrong. He knows the tough stuff. He knows the stuff you regret. He knows all about that. And that woman knew, she, she knew she was condemned and she was expecting stones to come raining down on her. But instead, grace came raining down on her. I don't know, maybe you've come to church today thinking that stones might come raining down on you. That you, you know what, this is just another opportunity to feel bad about myself. This is just an opportunity to feel a failure, to, to just remind myself of where I've stuffed up, where I've messed up. No, this is an opportunity to be reminded of the grace of God. That when you come here, 
hey, it's not that some stuff isn't an issue. It's not like, hey, it's all good. Jesus, as we will see in a moment, Jesus paid a high price for the grace that sets you free from that thing. So it's not like it's nothing, but he wants you to understand that you're loved, you're accepted. And as he said to that woman, he said, where are those that condemn you? You need to know there's no one here who can condemn you because every single person in this room, every single person has fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, you know, I've made reference to the fact it doesn't matter which part of the country you come from. It doesn't matter which country you come from. It doesn't matter whether you're high-born or low-born. Every single one of us here needs forgiveness of God and we need the grace of God. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to you. I love the fact that somebody got another chance. Somebody needs to hear today, you've got, you've got another chance. God is not a God of a second chance. God is a God of another chance. Anyone glad that God is a God of another chance? Because I used up my second chance, you know? I used up my second chance. I messed up again. I fell over again. I stuffed up again. But God is, God, God is not just a God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. God is wanting to give you another chance. And the other thing, you know, forgiveness is real. Forgiveness is real. I don't know what went through that woman's head as she walked away. She knew she was supposed to die, but she walked away alive and forgiven. This is the power of God. Peter also had watched Jesus' hand. He'd seen Jesus' hand in a very important moment of crisis in his life and there is a story which we haven't got time to go into now where Jesus was walking on water but he got a bit overwhelmed by the moment and he was overwhelmed by the storm again not unreasonably you know the wind and the waves and the Bible tells us that he began to drown but Jesus caught hold of him he saw Jesus hand come for him and he caught hold of him I need I need someone here today to understand that if you're in a storm, Jesus is not going to let you drown. Jesus is not going to let you drown. You know, I don't know. We, 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 we talk about the fact that, that, that God is a God who moves mountains and He did it before and He's going to do it again. But, but maybe there are people here today who didn't really ever know that God has done that for them or that God even could do that for them. But I want you to know That if you're in a storm, Jesus is not going to let you drown. He's going to catch hold of you and he's going to deliver you from those circumstances. Things don't always happen in a moment and things don't always happen overnight. But you just need to know he's got you. He's got you. So Jesus showed his hands. But In all the scenarios that I've just talked about, we've got to remember that now the hands had changed. Now they were different because now they were scarred hands. Now they were hands that had had nails through them. I was thinking, I don't know about you, but I, I just find it fascinating that 
Jesus had gone around, as we've heard, healing the sick, raising the dead, setting people free. He himself had been supernaturally raised from the dead. And yet the scars remained. Those scars identified him. They were marks. If you're sat here today carrying scars, carrying the marks of what others have done to you or maybe you've even done to yourself, you know, Jesus understands you. Jesus was alive but scarred. I don't know. Are you, are you here today? You're alive. You're here. You made it here. You're alive but scarred. I don't know, maybe Jesus' scars were very obvious. They were very visible. But sometimes I think that maybe our deepest scars are not the ones that can be easily seen. They're not the, the ones that can be seen on our physical body. I think sometimes our deepest scars are invisible to the human eye. Scars carried on the inside. I was thinking, you know, there's lots of things that can leave scars, but words can wound and leave scars that can affect people's lives. You know, just something somebody said. You know, a teacher or a, a parent or a brother or a sister or a friend. And, you know, if ever you hear that phrase, or if you ever come to that moment again, it's like something robs you of your confidence. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to me that some people um, in their adulthood can still be controlled by something that happened when they were a child. Something somebody said. Something somebody did that is still affecting you in your adulthood. It's like when you get around that stuff, it robs you of your strength and your confidence. It's a bit like Superman and kryptonite. You know, whenever Superman is like all powerful and he can do anything and it's awesome, but the moment is around kryptonite, then his strength leaves him. And, you know, I think that there's some stuff that to us is kryptonite. You know, we get around it, it robs us of our strength. It robs us of our confidence. Maybe some of it is linked to our scars, the scars that we carry. Not all, not all scars are emotional. I've got some physical scars. I've got a, a scar on my forehead that was from chicken pox when I was 12. It's quite old actually to get chicken pox, but I was 12 and got chicken. I've got a scar here that was from having my appendix out when I was 10 years of age. I've actually got a scar on, on, on this finger. And what I was doing was we had a new food, presser, food processor. This is many years ago now. We had a new food processor and I, food processor, and I was taking off the sticker on the blades that says, be careful. 
these blades are sharp. And in taking off the snicker, which I, I, I hasten to add, they used glue that could have probably, you could have built a house with. I would have thought it would have been good to use glue that was a little less sticky on that occasion. But I, I was taking it off carefully. I was being careful and all of a sudden it, it went and my, my finger went into the blade. And you know, you know when, you know. You know what I mean? You just, you know, oh my gosh, this is. But what I did was I managed to catch it before it started bleeding. You know, it was just at that, the blood withdrawal stage. And, um, and it was like, you know, um, 5.30 in the evening. And any family with young children know, like 5.30, the, you know, there's, there's food cooking. The kids are at the end of themselves. The parents are at the end of themselves. The dog's at the end of himself. You know, it's like everybody's at the end of themselves. It's like just stress. So I go into the kitchen and I said, babe, I've, I've cut my finger. But of course, there's no blood because I was holding it like this. So she saw me standing there like this and she said, don't be an idiot. Just, I'm busy. This is not the time. This is not the time to be messing around. And um, I said, no, 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 babe, 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 babe. I, I, I really... I really have. I've cut my finger. Malcolm, I, there's not, I haven't got time for this. So I went over to, to the sink to, to run it under the tap to see what damage it, and that is blood gushing, like gushing. It's like gushing, like it's like a fountain. It was like <laughs> gushing. And, 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 and then we raised, and it took four stitches, guys. Four stitches later. I mean, like, really. I mean, like, that is, I feel, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I, I, got, I got a scar on my knee. That, I mean, like, this happened twice, not once, but twice. I mean, like, I was walking the dog. I was actually running with the dog. And the stupid dog, God bless it, ran in front of me, tripped me up, and then it carried on running. And I was being dragged on one knee. And that actually happened twice. But... What is the point that I'm making here? I'm not the only one in the room with scars. You've also got scars. The interesting thing is there's a story associated with all our scars. And not all of them are funny. Not all of them are funny. All our scars tell a story. They speak of an event or events that once happened. But the thing is this, Jesus' scars also told a story. They spoke of what happened to him, but they also speak of what happened for me and what happened for you. Jesus' scars speak about what happened to him, but they also speak about what was accomplished for us. Jesus' scars tell the story of your forgiveness and my forgiveness. Because that was what the cross was all about. Those scarred hands and indeed his feet were scarred because they'd been nailed to a cross. Jesus' scars tell the story that he can bring wholeness to my 
brokenness. He can bring hope into my life. And I would like to say that, that Jesus uh, showed his scars at a time where he had risen from the dead. He has conquered death. That means that this same Jesus can conquer everything that should have killed me. Some of us have got some incredible stories in the room. Some of you, you shouldn't be sat here. It is a miracle you are here. It's amazing you are alive. It's amazing that you came through that. It's amazing that you survived that. But we need to understand that Jesus' scars speak of the reality that He has conquered everything that should have killed us. When I was... 11, I started a new senior school. I didn't go to the one that you would normally, the usual feeder school uh, from my primary school. I started a brand new school um, in Aspley, uh, Peveril Comprehensive School. And I remember on the first day, we gathered in the, uh, the hall before we were allocated to our classrooms. Um, and there, there was a young man who actually ended up being in my class, but he was distinct in that quite clearly he had been involved in a fire and tragically um, had fallen as a small child uh, in a fire and um, his face had been severely, severely burned. And clearly it was a miracle that he was alive. I mean, it was just amazing. However, his identity was changed forever by the scars that he carried. I want to say that particularly with our internal scars, when it comes to Jesus, we have a choice. We do not have to live the rest of our lives identified by our scars. There was a hymn writer who wrote these words. He says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. I just feel prompted to say to someone today, life is worth the living. Life is worth the living. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. No matter how tough it is, you need to know that life is worth the living. Rachel, you can come up now, please. I want to remind us today that what Jesus did is more powerful than the memory behind that scar. You see, my scars might say I can't, but Jesus' scars prove I can. And that is the, the power of the cross because our scars, both external and internal, they can either be proof of our wounding or proof we survived. The same scar. And what your scar is, 
is down to your perspective. Because for some, they carry wounds, they carry the scars that remind them of the day they said that, the day they did that, the day he did that, the day she did that, the day those words were spoken, the day those circumstances happened. They point back to the pain. It is a scar, but it reminds you of the wounding. But what Jesus did on the cross was pay so that you can be healed through forgiveness. It's not cheap and it's not easy. It's not cheap and it's not easy, but it is worth it. When I forgive, there is healing for those scars so that those scars are no longer proof I was wounded. They're proof I survived. They're proof I overcame. Yes, they did that, but I've overcome. Yes, yes, they did that, but I'm stronger. I'm tougher. I'm different. You know what? You know what? Those that 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 scar tissue is actually tougher than normal tissue because it's saying I'm not going to get wounded in the same way like that again. Jesus, Jesus has brought a healing to your life, and 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 those scars are proof I've overcome. I'm different. I'm not what I was. I've been through something, but I am not someone who was wounded. I am someone who has survived. In Jesus' Name, I am an overcomer. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Same scar. You don't change the story, but you change you. In fact, He has to change you. Your story is your story but you don't have to live identified by your scars. You can live identified by the truth and of the healing power of Jesus Christ. He is able to heal you and set you free. The scars on Jesus' hands tell a story and that story is powerful enough to change your story. I wanna say that again. The scars on Jesus' hands tell a powerful story. And though that story is more powerful, it is powerful enough to change your story. You say, when you go through stuff like that, when you, when you go through some of the things you've been through, when you've endured some of the things that you have endured, when you face some of the things that you've had to face and you shouldn't have had to, and I'm going to agree with you, all I'm going to say is that as horrible and as dreadful and as awful as those circumstances were, you need to understand that what Jesus did on the cross is powerful enough to neutralize the pain and the anger of that moment and change your story and give you hope and freedom so you can walk away like that woman who had been thrown down at the feet of Jesus people judging her for her sin but she walked away that day knowing she was alive she'd been forgiven and she was free She was alive, she'd been forgiven, and she was free. I want you to know that that's God's plan for you today, that you're alive, but you're forgiven and you're free. No longer identified by your scars, but identified as a survivor. See, when I give my life to Jesus, 
when my life is in His hands. You know what? It's a vulnerable thing to put my life in the hands of somebody else is a vulnerable thing because when you've been hurt, when you've trusted and you've been let down, it's a tough thing to let go. It's a tough thing to trust again. But I want you to know that Jesus will never, ever fail you. People might. People who say they love you might. People who care about you might. People who don't care might. But Jesus never, ever will fail you. In his hands, I find peace. I find safety. And I find security. A little bit earlier, we spoke about the fact that our hands communicate something. We put up our hand when we, when we need help. We put up our hand to indicate that we want what's on offer. You remember Lawrence said earlier, if you want a pen, put up your hand. We, if you wanted a pen, you put up your hand. That was the indicator that you wanted what was on offer. We also put up our hands to show I surrender. I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop trying to work it all out myself. I'm, stop, I'm going to stop trying to make it all right on my own. I'm exhausted. I give up. God, I surrender. I trust you. I give my life and my all to you. I want to ask you to bow your heads and to pray with me right now. I'm talking to you today if, if you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Maybe you really relate to the phrase I used earlier that I'm alive, but I'm scarred. I'm alive but scarred. Life has scarred you. I wanna, I wanna say to you today, remind you that the, the power of the cross, the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus is powerful enough to change your story. It's powerful enough to heal the pain behind those scars. It's powerful enough to heal those memories. It's powerful enough to give you hope and a future. And I just believe today that the fact you're here is no accident. I don't know what brought you to church today, downstairs in the overflow. I don't know what brought you to church today. But I do know this. I do know that Jesus loves you and He wanted you to understand that what He did is powerful enough to heal your life. It's powerful enough to give you the hope and freedom that you long for. It's powerful enough to break the grip of the shame and the guilt that would seek to overwhelm you. It's powerful enough to overwhelm the, the, the depression and the fear that would seek to seize your mind. It's powerful enough but I need to give my life to Him. In just a moment, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but there's something in you that say, I don't get all this, but there's something in me that says, 
there's something in this. I need this. Or maybe at one time you have once walked with the Lord and yet the truth is right now today, you know you're a long way away from God and you're long, a long way away from being in relationship with Him. Well, I'm talking to you particularly if you've never known Jesus or you've known Him and you're far away from Him. Today, I'm gonna ask you in just a moment, if you know you need help, put up your hand. If you know you need God to help you, put up your hand. If you know that you need this kind of power in your life to heal your heart, put up your hand. Put up your hand if you're saying, I surrender. Put up your hand to say, I need Jesus in my life. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not even talking about church. I'm talking about a relationship with God. If that's you in these closing moments right now, and I believe that you know who you are while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just slip up your hand. Just put up your hand. Someone will put a card in your hand. You can put your hand straight down. Who's going to be first to say, that's me? Yeah, that's awesome. Someone's on the way to you right now. Somebody else. Somebody else. Saying, count me in. I need, I need Jesus in my life. I'm exhausted from trying to make my life work. Trying to turn around the situation. Just slip up your hand if that's you. downstairs in the overflow if that's you just slip up your hand say I need Jesus I need a relationship with Jesus Christ we're going to pray right now and if you're holding on to a card right now I want you to pray like there's nobody else in the room but we're going to pray as a church and uh, we want you to just pray and agree with us. Come on, let's, let's say together the church. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. And I turn away from those things. And I give my life to you. All that I am, all that I have. I thank you that your story is powerful enough to heal my story. Thank you that you have the power to change my life. I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we show our appreciation to God for people receiving Jesus? Just before I hand back, I wanna do one more thing. Maybe as I was talking, the whole thing about scars, some of you were surprised to remember something or just think about something that you thought, mm, I didn't realize that was still a thing, still an issue. I wanna to say today that, uh, you say, well, why, why, why didn't Jesus do it before? Well, I don't know, but, but maybe today's the day. Maybe now's the time 
that Jesus wants to deal with that thing. Maybe, maybe he's always been ready. But the truth is, now you're ready. Now you're ready for him to bring healing to that situation. Some of you may want to just stay where you're seated where you are. But if you're here today, maybe you want to stand. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm alive but scarred and I need Jesus to heal that area in my life today. I'm just going to get you to stand where you are. Don't be embarrassed. Just, just stand and say, I need, I need you, Lord. God bless you. Someone already stood. People standing all over the hall. Just, I've got this area. I've got this thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't even know it was an issue. I didn't know I needed a touch there. But I'm responding to you, Lord. Some of you, you might be thinking, wow, that happened ages ago. It's, it doesn't matter. It happened ages ago. Well, it doesn't matter how long ago it happened. The most important thing is that you receive a touch from God in that area today. Father, I thank you for every one of these precious people that are standing. Lord, I don't know the story behind their scars, but I know that your story is powerful enough to heal it. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for their bravery. I thank you for the Spirit of God being at work and just highlighting areas in our lives where we need Jesus to touch us. Holy Spirit, just do something deep in us today where, where we need a touch in our mind, where we need a touch in our heart, where we need a touch in our body. Holy Spirit of God, do that which only you can do in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that what you bring, what you have is powerful enough to heal me. And I believe, Lord God, with each of these precious people in the same way that in the course of time, you've healed things in my heart. I trust and believe that with every one of these situations, that Father, they will be able to say with me that that scar, yeah, that scar, is no longer a mark of my wounding. It is a trophy of my survival. It is a trophy that I'm overcomer. It's a trophy that the devil planned that I would lose. But in Jesus' name, I won. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.